Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. This is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. Smith's fresh for everyone. Locker 42, your source for Aggie apparel. And by Guild Mortgage. Own what matters. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Hey, welcome in. It's another edition of the Craig Smith Coaches Show here at Old Chicago. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, not a lot of more of these shows coming up, so you need to get down here and hang out with us. Uh, a lot to break down. Two big wins over Nevada. Coach is here. Coach, congratulations. Two big W's. Yeah, it was a fun week. Thanks to everyone coming out. Looks like they're having a good time at that bar up there. Uh, yeah, we got oh, a yeah. packed house tonight. Those guys always have a good time over there. It's great to see. Thanks, everyone, for showing out. <laughs> hey, uh, I, it seems like we were just talking just uh, about uh, 24 hours ago. Oh, yeah, we were. Uh, Sunday, Monday, and not a lot of Sunday games you've played. Uh, how is, what's that been like going from Sunday to trying to get ready for games this week? Well, it kind of feels like a Saturday, Wednesday game. Yeah. You know, normally we play Saturdays and in the past we've played a lot of Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So that's kind of what it felt like. Watched a lot of, watched our game, of course, this morning and, and, um, I watched about three, three Wyoming games um, today so getting ready for those guys and we're excited it's it's hard to believe march madness is here it's yeah. march 1st today uh it's great coming in and the sun's still up uh as we came into the to the show so it's an exciting time of year and and uh i know our guys are pumped to play again this week let's talk about the games against nevada you get the win on friday uh and then yesterday i thought uh you guys played extremely well in the second half there was a moment where it felt like nevada was going to try to pull uh, kind of, you know, get themselves back into this game, and uh, boom, you put it back up to 20, got up to 26, win it, uh, going away. Talk about that second half yesterday. Well, are you trying to allude to the gift of this no. clipboard that somebody just gave me? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was, uh, yeah, I thought we played pretty well the first half, and and then we had a couple chances to, to really extend and go up by 20, and I thought our guys kind of got a little loosey-goosey, and we were really happy going into the locker room. And it's, it's great to be happy, but I thought we lost some of our focus, quite frankly. Yeah. And, and it was kind of the same thing on Friday night as well. And so uh, that was a big thing we really emphasized is let's just keep chopping wood like we like to say. And, you know, you don't bring down the tree on one big swing of the axe, right? You just keep chopping and keep chopping and keep chopping. And you don't know what swing it's going to be where the, where the tree finally falls. And just thought we got off to a sluggish start. We had a chance. Uh, we get a stop right away, and then we have a chance in transition uh, with Marco and Bean, and we kick it out for a three. And it was a good shot by Brock, but I just thought we could have walked right to the rim. And, and then they scored us up a little bit, then they won't go on a 6-0 run, and I just thought we were cranking up shots um, that we didn't need to, quite frankly. And so, um, so we called a timeout, and like Coach K says, I spoke a language that they understand, and, uh, and they did. They took it personal, but in a great way. And, uh, and then I thought we played really, really well the last uh, 17 minutes of the game. So good to see Raleigh Wooster back out on the court. And, you know, I mentioned this, even after the VCU game, he's a calming influence, and you don't see that a lot from a freshman out there. Yeah, we miss Raleigh, uh, he, and, it's, it's not a, and that's not a knock on anybody. It's a total credit to him and who he is as a player and what he stands for and the, the type of competitor he is. And, you know, as a point guard, it's not easy to, 
uh, it's not easy for any team when your point guard, starting point guard goes out. And then amongst doing that with our delaying all these games, quite frankly, so to get that rhythm back. But, you know, we put them in at about the five-minute mark yesterday, and I thought it brought a jolt of energy to our team, to the arena, and uh, he made some big-time plays. And uh, obviously he's a good offensive player, but I thought where we really missed him was on the defensive end because we can put him on almost any type of player, one through four, and, uh, and he does an excellent job. You know, one one player I thought has, has looked really good over the last two games uh, was was Marco Anthony. And I don't know if maybe having him as the primary ball handler has helped, but I thought defensively against one of the most dynamic offensive players in the Mountain West Conference, I mean, he was lights out. He was great against Sherfield. He had a tremendous weekend and maybe the best weekend as an Aggie that he's had. Uh, and, you know, on Friday night it didn't necessarily show up in the, bo- in the, in the scoring column, but, um, I mean, Grant Sherfield's, um, one of probably five guys that are gonna that are up for the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, and Marco just did a just a tremendous job on him. And it's not it was he was the primary guy, and they, all they do is set ball screens and ball yeah. screens and ball. So whoever's setting that ball screen, usually they're five man, and so that's us, Kata or Dorius. Um, did an excellent job with that. Made life really difficult. Uh, I thought we did a good job defending their actions, kept them out of transition. You know, the, the first night, I think he ended up with 11. He's averaging 20 a game. But we forced him into season high, six turnovers. And I can't remember what he had last night, but it was quite a bit as well. And so we made life really, really difficult. And he's the guy that he's the bat, the battery of the team, the straw that stirs the drink. And I thought we made it really difficult on him, and that affected all five guys on the court. And then the other thing Marco did, we had a really good individual meeting this week um, and just showed him a bunch of, of film of where he's really had success and where he struggled. Yeah. And, um, you know, credit to him for looking himself in the mirror and say, i got to be better. And he, he rose to the challenge and had an excellent weekend, and we need him to play like that if we're going to be the best team that we can be. And then the other player I think we need to spend a little bit talking about uh, time talking about. And you had told me both on the air and off the air throughout the course of the season, like, hey, Shulga's coming on, and he's playing better, and he's practicing better. And you may not see it out on the court, but, but you see him every day, and you see the practice and the work that he's putting in. You're probably not surprised by what a lot of other people may be surprised by what they've seen over the last two games. No, we see it most days. I mean, obviously he's a freshman, so there's still a little bit of inconsistency. But Max is an insanely talented player, and um, uh, he's just been a little bit unfortunate with some things with the quarantines and whatnot. Um, but I just he's really hit his stride here in practice the last couple of weeks. I think all that practice time probably helped him even more to settle into what we're doing, but he's a tough kid, ultra competitive. You see how he, unbelievable hands and, and instincts. And I mean, last night, I think he played 24 minutes, has five points, makes a three, has eight rebounds, yeah. you know, playing the two and the three for us and has four steals. And I thought his energy in those steals really got us going because it led to some easy baskets in transition for a multitude of people. What I mean, did you go into that series anticipating you'd be able to rebound as well as you did? Yeah, that's I mean, we we hang maybe not quite as well as we did, but we felt like that was an area that we could do well. 
uh, against them. Now, I'm not, you know, last night we had 17 offensive rebounds. You're never counting on getting 17 offensive rebounds. But, you know, watching the film this morning, and we have, you know, Gata, and we know what Gata stands for, get after their butts. Yeah. And, um, and, then, and, and then we have a – so when I'm clipping it out, I have a tag so I can clip out a certain play, and I hit Gata, and then it will record – and then stop. And so it might be a five-second clip. It might be a 15-second clip. And we'll show the guys this tomorrow. Then we have a, another tag. It's 50-50 balls. So it's like a fumble in football, right? It's a 50-50 ball. It's out there for evenly for both teams. Who's going to come up with that ball? Felt like we got all those 50-50 balls. Felt like we made all the Gator plays. And then all those offense rebounds. I mean, those are backbreakers and big-time yeah. momentum plays. And clipped out all that stuff because that's, at the end of the day, who we are. And I think we, um, some guys maybe forgot about that a little bit. And then, you you know, I think putting in a guy like Max, right, who makes those plays all the time, that feeds to everybody else. And, and, and I thought it just really carried over. And then Bean starts doing it, and he's a regular doing that. But it just, now everybody starts making those plays, and it energizes your team in a major way. Well, and that's the thing. It's so impressive because it takes no talent to hustle. I mean, that, that's something that you can, you can make that decision to go out there and hustle out on the court and diving for loose balls and keeping balls in play and, and all of that stuff. It, it, over these last two games, it seemed like that's just accelerated. It has, and, and it doesn't take talent, but at the same time, I'll tell you this, like that's something we recruit to uh, because, because it is getting to the point where like when guys do that, you gotta, you got to really – um, take that into strong consideration. Like, that's yeah. what our program is about. That's what it's a big part of what I want our program to be about. And when you can find guys that do that, but it is a decision. Yeah. But a lot of guys just don't make that decision. And then you take that a step further. Like, I do think a talent is how does just how does the ball always find Justin Bean, right? How does the ball uh, in the past find a guy like Diogo Brito? Um, how does the ball always find Max Shuga? And it, even Raleigh's like that to yeah. some extent. So I do think that's a talent. Uh, those are things that, you know, it's hard to measure, and I don't know that you can stat it, but it's a trait that I think a lot of good players have that never rarely shows up in a box score. And also i got to imagine your culture promotes that too. So even if somebody uh, may not have that as part of their DNA, they get in and realize, well, if I'm going to be here and get on the court – I have to do it because he sees the teammates doing that as well. No question. It feeds off, and it's what the the upperclassmen can help dictate that and talk to young guys about what we try to do. We can obviously foster that by watching film and praising those types of actions. And I've always believed, you know, you get what you tolerate. And if you, if you tolerate anything but their best, then that's what you're going to get. So – um, you know, that's what this program has been built on. I think that's a monster reason we've had so much success. And when your best players buy into that, everybody else falls right in line. Take a quick break. Come back. We continue on. It is your Aggie Coaches Show with Craig Smith. Uh, big games coming up to wrap up the regular season. Uh, Wyoming coming up on Thursday and then another trip to Fresno against the Bulldogs on Saturday. We'll talk more about those games coming up. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield IMG College. Hey, hey.
Welcome back to Old Chicago. It's the uh, Aggie Coaches Show. Big thanks to everyone listening to us on the radio. Also, a big uh, shout-out to everybody on the uh, Facebook Live page, on the official Utah State Athletic page, as uh, we get you ready for Utah State and Wyoming. Uh, you did a... Uh, did you get pretty heavy with the scout on Wyoming before those games got postponed and is just kind of revisiting some of the work you'd already put in? Yeah, because we, you know, we were supposed to play Fresno on that Saturday. Um, we flew back that night, and then obviously we had Sunday off, and we were, I think it was a Wednesday-Friday series, so I'd watched a decent amount of them and yeah. just kind of pick off where you left. And, though, and quite frankly, they've only played two games since that whole that deal because they've had some games canceled with COVID due to their opponents. So, yeah, you just kind of pick out, you know, the only team we haven't played um, this year. And so it'll be different. They're very young. They look totally different from a year ago. Um, they have three freshmen that play a lot, a lot of minutes. Marcus Williams, uh, I think we have an award, the freshman of the year. I'm, I'm guessing he will win that. Um, he can really, really get it going for them. Uh, and then they have a new coach in Jeff Linder, who's a, been a friend of mine for quite some time. So they do a great job. And um, uh, and they're a good team. From northern Colorado, right? Yeah, he was at northern Colorado for four years, and I think we might have talked about it getting ready for them, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We actually always play. Uh, every year you can play. You get two. You can play two uh, exhibition games, two closed scrimmages, or one of each. And we've always chose to do one exhibition game and one closed scrimmage. Yeah. In our first two years here, we scrimmaged northern Colorado uh, because they're always – uh, very well coached. They put you in a lot of positions with screen roll defense that you got to do well. And then they're always very, very sound defensively. So we have always had some tight games. And uh, when we played them, and you know, we get better. And when they play us, I thought they got better. So it was a win-win for both programs. When you uh, also look ahead to Fresno, I mean, obviously you, you've got one game under your belt with them. Um, and so you've got the scouting and, and you know what to expect. But that travel day – and I don't know if that was what you dealt with in the Summit League when you travel on road trips, if they'd have, you know, those kind of where you play a game, travel, and play the next game on the road. Uh, but but that, that's a grind right there. It is, and it's uh, different. We did, we did it at South Dakota some, not all the time, uh, but it's a grind. You know, you got the, the home game on Thursday, and, and then we'll turn around and take off um, early, early, well, early on a Friday afternoon. And, yeah and play a Saturday night game and then get back and, have, and get ready for the conference tournament. So, um, But you know what? Uh, hopefully we get to play both games. And the way this season's gone, we just we need to get games and keep this rhythm going. I thought we really took a great step forward on Sunday, and I think a big part of it is just getting back into game mode where you get to play and yeah. the preparation, and now you're back in the flow, and you start – getting great chemistry with one another and you know especially working Raleigh back in the lineup sounds like he felt really good today um and then Shuga you know just with his limited playing time hopefully every night that he goes out yeah. he'll just continue to get better and better and, and build confidence in himself so uh and then just keep experimenting with some different lineups we obviously you know with, with starting Fonz and Bean and Nimi together we haven't really played that lineup a whole lot um, over the two years, the last two years, and I, and I saw some really good things with that lineup. The uh, was there any talk about uh, having senior night on Thursday? But I guess I, you know families have their trips planned and stuff like that. And this was a late ad. I guess that's why yeah yeah you, you had that on Sunday. Yeah, that's why we did it. You know, we uh, quite frankly, administration was pushing for Thursday, but you know we only have the two seniors in Cuba 
and Fonz and Fonz, his parents, or Fonz's mom and all his family came in. They've had that trip planned for a long time. And yeah. like we said after the game, you know, there's only two senior nights in your life, right? Your senior in high school and your senior year in college. And it's too special of a time. And we just felt like we need to keep it on, on Saturday. So it is a little bit different, still following it up with one more home game, but that just is what it is. It was great to see his family in the crowd. Though. Oh, it was That's awesome. a great group. We had a chance to chat with them a little bit after uh, the game. Christina's amazing, and they're just just like fun. I mean, just very vibrant people and great personalities, and uh, they can talk like crazy. So um, wonderful, wonderful people. Um, I know we're putting the cart ahead of the horsely here a little bit, but I'm just kind of curious on the timeline. Do you start – do you anticipate having conversations after the season because they do have another year technically with the NCAA – um, do you anticipate maybe having conversations with those guys after the season? Yeah, that'll that? take place afterwards. I just feel like now that, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they have a pretty good idea. You know, they're not dumb. They're veteran guys. They've been around the block. But we'll, we'll definitely have, when I say have an idea of what they're doing, I'm saying it's just in their mind. Nothing's yeah. been communicated. I haven't said anything to them or vice versa. But th- these guys know all the rules and the NCAA, you know, how it all works. And so we'll sit down with them and have some open dialogue and, and see where they're at. Also, too, the, uh, the, the fact that uh, I think Fonz has just been a really fun addition to this team, but I think he's playing really good basketball over this last stretch. I mean, how he played in Boise State with those three straight post-ups and, and, uh, and how he's played over the last game, he's, you could tell that there's a certain sense of urgency there. Yeah, that's, that's what happens this time of year um, for especially good players and I'd say uh, seniors. You know, they can sniff like we're coming down the home stretch and and uh, he's going to earn his degree, as is Cuba. That's awesome. Uh, in, in a, what, two months, a month and a half, or what have you. And um, and then I think really good players also can feel that, like, hey, it's crunch. You know, you got to finish with a flourish is what we always say. Yeah. And it's crunch time, and there's there's more urgency. And, and that's where the upperclassmen and that's where the, the experienced guys, I really feel like, surge and really lead the way. And, you know, some of these young guys, it's <laughs> – They've never been through a season this yeah. long before, and they're kind of uh, walking a little weary a little bit. But I don't sense that with our guys right now. I sense that we're all connected, and we got a lot of energy to finish this thing out right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, and we talked a little bit on the postgame show, but you have a celebrity brewing on your staff right now. Yeah. And, and Ryan. Ryan Corbett, who, uh, uh, you know, was in the vicinity of a technical that was uh, called – and uh, it's gone viral, and I think a lot of people just assume that it was Ryan. I don't know if we want to spill the beans on what actually happened there, but you know what? Ryan's running with it, and good for him, too, because he's getting his 15 minutes right now, and he deserves it. Hey, it's 15 minutes of fame right there. Uh, I actually think he'll have more than 15 minutes of fame because he's, like we talked about in the postgame, unbel- you know, we, um, it was his senior year, too, so yeah. we awarded him as well before the game with Fonz and Kuba and uh, Ryan walks in the room and he owns the room, and I think part of it's his haircut. And uh, but he's got a great smile. He can talk to anybody, everybody he comes into contact with when they leave. They're just so much more happier yeah. than when they started the conversation. And I guess there's I don't know about seven minutes to go in the game. Uh, we were doing well. Shugo is coming down. I think Max might have turned it over the possession before. And Max every now and then when he makes a mistake tries to just you know, knock it out of the park the next play. Like, he's going to get it all back, and he, he turned it over. Or was it a charge? I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Uh, and so um, Ryan 
sitting on the end of the bench, decked out in black with the brightest neon yellow slash were they yellow? Uh, no, they were green. Oh, green. Okay. Yeah, it looked like highlighter yeah, green. I, yeah, that's exactly. And they stood out, and um, and uh, and it, I mean, it's just like his personality. And the official turned and teed up. I don't think it was Ryan though. I think it was another guy. Uh, I won't identify who it is. And and he's just like the officials like I am not taking that crap. And I'm like I don't even know what you're talking about. Like I don't know, like what are you? And and then the TV cameras of course went right to Ryan. And he had the most mischievous look, kind of a guilty look. And you know he was and, standing up as the yeah. first when they when they blew the whistle. He was standing. It's like. Uh-oh, and all of us just like, oh, no, Ryan, no. <laughs> See, I had no idea. I turned because I knew right away who it probably was. Yeah. Because I've been coaching with him for three years, and he might be our strength and conditioning coach, and I'm not <laughs> going to mess with that guy. So uh, I just kind of turned the other way, and I'm just shaking my head like, oh, man. So, But anyway, the TV camera flashed back to him, and, and he was doing this. Yeah. He kept doing this like he was the guilty one. Of course, the announcers – pinpointed him and he's been on bar stool and you name it all across all the social media things so and he's playing it up i mean he's in ham and, ham and egger so he's just playing it up like he should as he should own it but he's such a great person and you know a lot of times people don't realize all the extra hours you know he does the laundry for our team right washes the uniforms washes the the practice gear and that's not always the most enjoyable job uh i don't think it smells real good and um, but the countless hours of him and Justin being are, you know, the best, the best of friends and the amount of hours that Ryan has put in rebounding for Justin and not just for Justin, for almost all of our guys. It's insane. Yeah. And so when you have a guy like that in your program that goes the extra mile to help your program become the best that it can be. And then when you walk into the gym every day, every practice he's doing, he runs the clock in the. You know, and he, I mean, he's not perfect. Trust me now. I've had to correct him many times on how do you hit start, when to hit reset. If the ball hits the clock, you got to reset the shot clock, Ryan. And so, uh, but he does it all, and he just makes you feel better every day. I can't wait to see that guy on a daily basis. A lot to get to continuing on here. We should on the have had Ryan show. on the show. I know. That's what oh, I, tonight, I, that would have been perfect. I'm actually, actually going to try to tape something for a pregame oh, with him. That'd be awesome. Because I want to, like, I think it's really, I think fans want to know, like, what goes on, who makes the trains run on time, and, and what a day in the life of a manager is like. Because you're sure you get to be there and you get a great seat for a game, but there's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes and not necessarily fun work either, as you were mentioning with the laundry and some of the other things. And he's such a great personality. So we're going to set something up where I want to, I want to chat with him. Ryan's traveled to a couple uh, road games this year. It's been different like we've had to, just because of COVID and all the protocols and just trying to minimize risk. But I know this. Our uh, operations staff, Brandon Ubal and Steve Grabowski and Kern Walsh and Justin John, they are just like, can we bring Ryan? Can we bring Ryan? Because <laughs> – because all the dirty work he does that they don't want to have to <laughs> they don't have to deal with well, so altruistic <laughs> oh yeah exactly so he's right. a great dude you, that'll be a great show justin veen's going to join us next we'll have a chance to chat with him it's all straight ahead you're listening to the aggie coaches show from learfield img college Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College. We're going to hear from Justin Bean, who we're going to be calling in here in just a moment as Utah State gets set for two games coming up on Thursday and Saturday. And then uh, 
next week head off to Las Vegas for the uh, Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, it's been a – got to imagine from your perspective, it's probably felt like a very short year but also a very long year too. I, don't, I, I can't imagine what the emotions are like for you on how this season's been. Yeah, I, I, I'm shocked it's March 1st. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is weird. I can't decide if it's the shortest year or the longest year. I think I would lean towards the longest year uh, just because we started a little later. So I guess in theory that's shorter because we did start two weeks later. Um, not playing all these games, but just, just you know, we were going on a good, we were going on a good little clip there where not nothing was going wrong in terms of missing games, and then all of a sudden, you know, we missed two, three, and you're not, you're just wondering, are we going to get back in a rhythm? And then Raleigh's hurting all this and that, but it's such an exciting time of the year. The weather's changing, the sun stays out later, and you can just feel it, like yeah. you can feel it. And the other part made it a little bit longer too, quite frankly. It's just um, the game. You know, we have we hadn't played at home in five weeks, and and you go on a road trip, and it's a you know it's four days every time. It just feels like a long time when you're away. Yeah. You know, and if you're at home, I guess you know you're, it seems like you're at home a long time, I guess. But it just we just miss you know those that home series, and it just kind of compiles yeah. up. So, um, uh, but it's exciting. I mean, uh, selfishly, I, I'm so fortunate to be able to do what I love to do. And I don't. I never call it a job. I just say it when I go to the office, or you know, I imagine I get to watch film and rewind and fast forward and figure out what you know a game plan is and work with a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds, which can be stressful, but it keeps you young. You know, their energy and their enthusiasm. And one of the guys we're about to talk to is one of the best, one of the most enjoyable young men I've ever coached. And I could go on and on and on, but I think it's time to turn the stage over to to the man, the myth, the legend. Mr. Bean, Justin Bean joins us, right? I don't know if you can hear that, Justin, but you got the Bean calls in the back from the crowd here at Old Chicago. How are you doing? Uh, vaguely, yeah, I, I can hear him pretty good. I'm doing well. How are you, Scotty? Uh, I'm doing well. Good to catch up with you. Uh, two big W's, two big games from you as well. Talk about what uh, your perspective on those last two games against Nevada. Well, we knew coming in that uh, – I felt like we both kind of had some time off there uh, in the last month, and so we didn't know yeah, really what to expect. We knew that they had a lot of rest and a lot of time to get prepared for, for our game, and so we just knew coming in that we had to try and, and contain and, and eliminate the scoring from their two guards who are, are great players, you know, all-conference type of players in uh, Cambridge and uh, Sherfield. So we knew that it was going to be tough, but I thought our scouting was – was well executed. I thought Coach Hanson and, and the rest of the, the coaches just did a great job getting us ready mentally and um, just knowing what was going to be ahead. So, uh, and credit to our guys, I thought, you know, especially in the first half of both games, I thought we defended really well. Um, and then obviously the first game we let, we let them get back in it, let some things get away from us, weren't really characteristic on defense, and then made adjustments and came back with some vigor that second game. So I was just really proud of all our guys and how everyone just – uh, was up for the challenge and, and made it happen. So, Well, I, I'd like to think that when the rest of the team is struggling from beyond the three-point line yesterday and somebody needs to make a big three, it was you with that straightaway three to kind of get things going again. But you had five made threes going into those two games, and then you had four over the last two. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, pretty, uh, feel like that shot's starting to go for you now? Yeah, yeah definitely. And that's, you know, it's – my coaches and, and the teammates, they've always trusted me to, to take that shot, and they've never told me not to. And so I think that's a big part of it is just 
finding a groove and not not forcing anything, but also taking what the defense gives me. So I'm I'm definitely confident, you know, in, in that shot. I've worked really hard for it, and so if that's what the team needs, then that's what I'm going to do. So fortunately, it was falling, and, and it was feeling good. So I appreciate the the heads up, Scotty. Hey, I got I got your back. Uh, but coach, you know, when, when you see his ability to hit that outside shot, I got to imagine really opens a lot of things up for you too. Well, no questions. And 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 Justin nailed it on the head. He he's worked really really hard um, to refine his shot and made some adjustments um, over the summer. And I mean, in, in practice, you know, in our shooting drills that we do, and when we stat things out and track the numbers, I mean, he shoots it at a high high level. And so it was just a matter of time, you know, quite frankly, and finding his spots and and and, and feel comfortable doing it. You know, he's, um, Justin is a he, he's incredibly talented, works so hard at it, and he has high expectations um, for himself and certainly for the team. And so it was great to see those shots go in because uh, because he's earned it, quite frankly. And I feel every time he shoots those shots, I feel great about it. Yeah, it just hasn't fallen for whatever reason up to this point. But I, I have no doubt that this is going to be a big-time stepping stone um, for the rest of the season and the rest of his career. So there, there's guys that, you know, you look across the NBA, and I remember uh, Coach Becker and I, because he was on the staff with Stu, and Utah State would play Louisiana Tech, and Paul Millsap was playing for them. And Paul Millsap had no offensive game back then. What he would really? do was he would rebound, offensive rebounds, and get putbacks. I mean, that, that was his game. And it was just amazing because he had such an instinctual ability to know where a ball's going off the rim and, and to be in the right place in the right time. We've seen that with, you know, Rodman and Barkley. Some of these guys that just know how to rebound. Gordon, I mean, I was going to mention your dad, Gordon, but Justin, did you pick that up from your dad mm-hmm. or did you uh, – where, where does that come from in knowing how to be in the right place at the right time? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too many too many clips on on Gordon from from college back in the day. I just know his shorts were super short. Um, that's the only scouting report I have. I mean, he's about as skinny as I was back in the day. But yeah, I think it's more just instinctual. I think uh, it's just kind of just being aggressive and just a different mindset. So I couldn't really tell you like X's and O's. Um, you know how how it happens but it it does happen naturally for me and just kind of anticipating when a shot goes up just kind of looking at it how it's going to come off the rim and then just positioning myself to to go get it and so um obviously being being uh versatile and athletic helps as well and just being able to you know try and swim around defenders if they try and make a hit on you just try and be slippery and so make it hard for them so i think that's really where it stems from it's Nothing crazy, but, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, that's my rebound and, and I'm going to take it from you. So I try to have that mindset and um, on both sides of the glass, uh, to be honest. So, yeah, it's been real fortunate. And obviously having Namiash there on, on the low block with me definitely opened some lanes for that. So, And i got to imagine, too, you probably feel like the will of a team kind of break a little bit when they feel like they probably played great defense for 28 seconds and you come out of there with an offensive rebound. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, Coach Smith always says, you know, those are he calls them back-breaking plays, and uh, it definitely feels like that because we've been on on that end, you know, when someone gets a rebound and you just work so hard. It seems like for that whole shot clock to just just wind them down and wear them out, and then all of a sudden someone comes up with one. So it definitely, it's a lot better being on that on the good end of that stick. So yeah, we definitely did that the last couple of games, and we're hoping to continue to do that going forward. 
This team just seems like they have a lot of fun playing together. Uh, what, what's it like inside that locker room with, with these guys? Well, the culture, ever since I've been here, you know, at Utah State, and it's always been, you know, just just about the team and, you know, just we, not me type of mentality. And that I could go right on down the line with, with each player and, and how they've incorporated that, you know, just into their game and their mindset and practice. But ultimately it starts at the top. You know, I think our coaches have always, done a great job of, of putting us first, you know, in terms of like um, just just playing together and staying connected and just that camaraderie. I think it, it starts in practice with just that mindset of if a guy falls, you know, you better be the first to pick him up or, or you're going to pay for it. And so everyone's definitely bought into that. And so credit to, to our guys for just believing in each other. But yeah, we, we all love hanging out. There's There's been a lot of FIFA tournaments and just on the bus playing. We play crazy eight. It seems like every every time we step on the bus when we're on the road. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun just being able to be with those guys. And during a crazy year of where you know nothing is certain, nothing is is given. So we've had been taking it one once one day at a time, and it's been a lot of fun. So I, I got to ask, and Coach and I talked a lot about this in the last segment. Uh, but uh, uh, how much fun is it seeing your roommate getting a lot of national love today, and Ryan? <laughs> well, it's great. It's great. And to be honest, I uh, I felt bad for him at first. I, I shot him a text. I was like, hey, man, like, how you doing? Things good? And he's just like, oh, yeah, man, I'm doing great. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. It's always been one to just go with the flow. And, uh, you know, he's like every, everyone knows him, is how humble and just how hardworking he is. And he's always been a guy that puts the players first before himself. So it's been it's been fun to see him get get some notoriety and, and – uh, see him on the big screen because he's definitely earned every bit of it for what it's worth well uh we appreciate it uh we look forward to catch up again here really soon and uh, have a great week and uh let's let's do this again sounds great let's get it going. <laughs> listen to that in the background the whole crew is saying bean i love it <laughs> <laughs> you're the best justin and that uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. you guys there's Justin Bean right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. Your questions, Audrey's going to have the open mic, so if you want to ask a question for Coach, we're also uh, we're also going to take a little trip down memory lane as well with Coach straight ahead. You're listening to the Coach's Show from Learfield IMG College. All right, welcome on back. Final segment of the show. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaching Show here at Old Chicago. Uh, again, if you've got a question for Coach, just raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you. Um, before we get down that road, though, a little bit, I do want to take you down memory lane. Uh, it's not I was qu- curious where you're going with this. It's not quite today. Tomorrow is the two-year anniversary of one of the craziest games I've ever seen in the spectrum, the Nevada game. And, uh, I mean, you had, you'd won a bunch of games that year that really put you on the map, but it seems like that game – really kind of solidified, especially on a national scene. Oh, these guys are good. These guys are really good and they're and they're and they're doing they're there's something special brewing out there. Kind of take us back in your memories of leading up to that game and what that was like on the sidelines. Well there were so many I mean you're right, that that game is so memorable in so many ways. It was uh we honored Stu Morrill. That's right. That night and he was there and Stu is Coach Morrill has always been he's been very, very good to me in so many ways. 
And I could tell you, when we got our butts kicked at BYU that year, he sent me a text and he goes, Coach, uh, anybody that's coached at Utah State knows what you're feeling right now. Uh, we've all been there. Keep your head up. You guys are killing it. Great things are on your horizon. And that, that meant a lot to me, you know, as a first-year coach. But that night, so there, I also felt a little pressure to win because it was his night and we didn't want to disappoint or let him down in any way, shape, or form. And, of course, they came into the – the game, uh, you know, we lost, I think it was 49 to, like, 73 at their place. 72-49. 72-49. Yep. And, uh, and I remember that was our first conference game, right, of the year. We are 0-1. And, um, and I remember in film the next day or two days later, and it was like, guys, we're so close. And Sam Merrill and Abel, all those guys are looking at me like, so close. We just lost by 20. But we were. We were so close. Now, we shot 20. It was like, guys, we lost by 23. We shot 24%. Like, we, it's just a matter of time before we start making some shots, and we'll be right there with a chance to beat these guys. And that night, it was just a memorable night, Saturday night. You could just feel that juice leading up into that game. Of course, Stu Morrill, they were, Nevada was ranked 11th in the country at the time, but we were playing great basketball. I mean, we had, I mean, we started out the conference one and two. Lost to Nevada, beat Air Force, and then lost on a last-second shot to to Fresno and then just went on this amazing run and our guys were confident we had just beaten San Diego State first time we had ever beaten San Diego State in the Mount West Conference so our guys felt the juice and of course it was packed and we had Wild Bill there and with his shirt off and doing his whole deal and had the Nimi thing going and um, and it, it truly everybody had talked about you know, I, I'm being the newbie. I didn't know exactly what this, the Spectrum Magic felt like. And I had a feeling because we had some great crowds leading into that. But that was the night you truly felt the Spectrum, Spectrum Magic and what it's all about in the history of Utah State basketball and the nostalgia. And I thought it really brought everybody together. That's what it felt like. It brought yeah. the, our fan base together from, you know, I like this, this quote. We want our guys to be what every, you know, 85-year-old man remembers with great pride he once was and what every five-year-old boy um, uh, aspires to be. And I felt like that night it just brought all of us really together. And uh, it's a night I'll never forget. Oh, no doubt. Uh, the, the it was really fun afterwards, too, when uh, when they when we did a post-game interview and they lifted us up and Sweet Caroline was playing and uh, – and was doing the the surf thing, whatever yeah, you call it. The body surfing. The body. I wanted. I said in my press conference, uh, I wanted to run to the top and surf down, but everybody stormed the floor, so there was no way to surf down. He just had to do it on the floor, and I didn't have a choice. They just grabbed me and picked up and just ran with it. I guess. Oh man, what a great moment! Though. That was a fun night. Hey, we got a question from our from our guy here. This is our man right here. What do you got? What is the stuff that you've improved on since the Boise State games? That guy brings the uh, heat, man. Ab- About everything. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, we just, we had, uh, like I said, after that game, I thought we, we, we just were dialing it back again and keeping it simple um, and just do what we do and be excellent at what we do and not try to get too cute with certain things. Um, uh, we mixed, mixed around some lineups. I thought inserting Max – and getting him out there and playing, I thought really, really helped us both offensively and defensively, and um, uh, and then and then obviously having Raleigh back too helps. So 
but just offensively, I thought we really found our groove and really played very, very connected that way. And quite frankly, the same thing. Our screen and roll defense was, to get specific, I thought our screen and roll defense was way better against Nevada because against Boise, we were all over the map um, with what we were doing, and we just weren't very good. Another question. Go ahead. Coach, so not only with the seniors, but everyone down the roster, you know, can get an extra year. Plus, Nimi, you know, does he stay? Does he go? How do you recruit when you, you know, don't know who's going to be on the roster next year, the year after? Who's, who's going to take advantage of that extra year? Who's not? How do you manage a situation like that? Yeah, and not, not only that, but everybody's anticipating that the transfer rule is going to change where you do not have to sit out a year. And so it, it, this thing could get real, real crazy, to be quite frank. And, you know, we, we, we dealt with it in a different way last year um, because, you know, we only have, uh, what I mean, we have the two seniors and then we knew Marco. You know, we have nine guys coming into the season, nine guys that have never played a minute for the Aggies. Right, seven true freshmen. Then you add in Liam McChesney, a redshirt freshman, and Marco Anthony. So, a lot of you know we we signed Dallin Grant early. He's had a very good year out of Cedar City. My kids just lost to him. They won today. They play in the semis tomorrow. Um, Dallin's going to be a very good player. He's going to serve his mission in two years and then be back. We bring in Cade Potter, who will just be getting off his mission, and Landon Brenchley is walking on for us next year, and so. So we had we we purposely took a step back and didn't sign you know we purposely signed a small class because there's so many unknowns not only with the fifth year deal coming back you know what's Kata going to do but also having all these new nine new guys who who's going to get what done who's going to be a player maybe we thought this guy was this and this but he's really that you know and so we chose to take a step back and see to take a year to really evaluate who do we have in our program there's no i saw that happening a mile away it was like slow motion right there um uh, but really to take a an honest in uh evaluation of our program what kind of players do we have in our program and now at the end of the year, because obviously this transfer thing could explode, I think there's still a lot of good high school players that are out there and available that we're on right now that we can bring in because it doesn't do anybody any good to bring in the exact same player yeah. that's already good. That's why the transfer rate's so high. Coaches are prompt. It's twofold. Some of it's the, the student-athlete's responsibility. Some of it's the coach. Coaches love to wash their hands clean like, oh, it's not my fault. Well, yeah, it is. Like, you recruited him there for a reason. You know what I mean? And so um, it doesn't do any good if if uh, you're just selling a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. And so there's so many things that are left out there. Um, when the year's over, just like every year, we'll sit down with each of our guys and, and let them know where they're at, and then we'll see what happens. But it could get really, really interesting here. Uh, you're seeing it right now because some schools are done. Yeah. Right. Literally, as of last week, some and you're seeing every day now, uh, University uh, Wisconsin Green Bay, two of their best players entered the portal. Like the transfer portal, the last I saw, I think yesterday, is over 175 guys in men's basketball, and that was February 28th. Wow. There's almost 200 on February 28th. It's gonna it's gonna be nuts, and so, um, 
we'll do what we always do and try to find the guys that best fit our program from certainly a talent standpoint, but who's going to thrive in Cache Valley and try to identify those guys, who's going to thrive with the way we do things in our program with our culture and our standard and our expectations. And it's not an exact science, but you do the best that you can. Coach, appreciate it as always. A lot of fun. This hour just flies I know, by. it does. It goes by fast. Uh, remember, games coming up this week. Thursday at home. Final home game of the year against uh, Wyoming. And then Saturday, hit the road to take on Fresno State. For Coach Craig Smith, for Justin Bean, I'm Scott Gerard. Enjoy the games. We'll have them for you Thursday and Saturday right here from Learfield IMG College. Go Aggies!